Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 53 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. Well, folks, it is time for the preliminary finals, and it's time for us to dig into the two games for this week. Last week, I managed to tip both games correctly, and uh, I think I'm not alone to say that I was stunned by the results on Saturday night, and uh, I don't think any of us even if we tipped the Cats to, to beat the Pies, thought that we were going to see a game like that one. That was uh, very interesting, and we'll get into that a little bit more here in a few minutes. But I wanted to uh, touch on a few news stories as we get going here today. And the summer, the offseason, if you will, has begun in earnest for 14 clubs. Clubs have begun to delist players. Players are beginning to, to uh, outline where they would like to possibly go. Uh, as they're leaving the team that they're currently playing on. And uh, there are so many stories going on right now that you can't even keep them straight. And I would, you know, the old saying here was that you can't tell the players without a scorecard. Well, we can't even necessarily tell that right now because people are out of contract. We don't know what teams they're on, where they might be going. There are so many different aspects of things that are happening right now that uh, it's 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 kind of crazy. So we're going to have to kind of wait and see, uh, you know, what what's going to transpire. You know, in the last uh, 24 hours, you know, there was a thought from the Suns that that they might have a shot at bringing in one of my favorite players, a uh, young man that I really enjoy watching and and to me seems to be a wonderful human being and I wish him nothing but success, that being Adam Trelore. As it sounds as though his uh, partner is going to be playing netball for a club up in the uh the Gold Coast area. Now, I know nothing about netball. Uh, I just know that there's no backboard and I don't know anything besides that. Uh, but pencil that one right now in the uh, the nope, not going to happen category. It sounds like the two of them had discussed what's going to be going on, despite the uh, the fact that they had a child recently, they're going to be working out some sort of a long-distance relationship, it sounds like, uh, hopefully free of COVID. So it doesn't look as though Adam Trelore is going to have an opportunity to be heading to a club up in Queensland. So Joe Danaher, sounds like he is... Uh, hoping to head to Brisbane. Whether or not they work out some sort of a deal or not remains to be seen as we uh, as we see what's going to be happening with Adam Saad, another another player who's wanting to leave the Bombers. Um, it's a wonder whether or not any sort of a trade is going to be made and whether or not uh, you'll have disgruntled players donning the, the red sash next year who are wishing to be elsewhere because Adam Saad has said that he's, he's hoping to go elsewhere. Uh, I believe Carlton was one of the places that he'd mentioned. And uh, this morning, there was a discussion about the uh, the first compensation offer that had been made that Essendon had turned, that Essendon had said, you know what, we'd really like to have, uh, well, one of a couple different players. And according to an article uh, in The Age uh, earlier today, Essendon's list manager asked for either Charlie Curnow, Harry Mackay, or Sam Walsh for Adam Sod. And the Blues said, nah, I don't think so. So the Bombers then turned around and said they uh, they be they would settle for uh, Tom DeConing and pick number seven. So far, I don't know if that's been accepted or if that's going to be accepted, but you know, good young rucks are hard to find. So I I have a feeling the Blues are going to say no to that as well. So is this realistic compensation for the Bombers, or are they asking way too much? You know, look back what happened last year when. Uh, when Joe Danaher was trying to leave and I believe go to GWS, they, they couldn't work out a deal there. So you had this guy who spent an entire another year with a club that, from what it sounded like, he didn't want to be part of. 
And you know, we'll see if uh, we'll see if a deal gets worked out for Adam Saad. You know, based upon everything that I'm learning about the game, it sounds as though once a player says, "Hey, I'd like to go here," they're going to figure out a way to get it done. And uh, and we'll just have to see what the compensation ends up being. And maybe it's uh, you know picks this year, maybe some next year. You know, Essendon is definitely in a rebuilding mode right now because it seems like just about everybody is uh, is going to be heading out of there. It sounds like uh, Orazio Fantasia is wanting to head back to uh, South Australia to uh, join the Crows as well. And I, I I linked an article in the show notes as well that the Giants are hoping to uh, get back uh, two top 30 picks because they're going to be losing Zach Williams and Aiden Core. It uh, looks like Williams is going to be heading to Carlton, so there's somebody who's going to be going there. While Core looks to be going to join the Ruths. And uh, based upon the article that I that I read, GWS is hoping to get back picks numbers 9 and 29, which would be decent compensation to bring in some, some young talent to the uh, to the Giants. So maybe that's going to end up happening, uh, that they'll that they'll be able to uh, to add some young players in the draft or use those those picks to get other players, possibly. Of course, the daily discussion goes on as to whether or not Jeremy Cameron is going to be leaving the Giants as well. The thought process is he's going to be joining Geelong. I heard somebody joking online that he loves to go fishing and Geelong is the place to go fishing. I've not been to Geelong before, but I live on water and I know how water works. There are probably some fish there. I have no idea if Jeremy Cameron is somebody who enjoys fishing or not. But there's water near Sydney as well, of course. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do here. Um, You know, Cameron's a dynamic player, but... Let's be honest, he had kind of an overall average year this year. You know, while you can't say that that he should take all of the, the brunt of the blame for the Giants not making the top eight, his his season certainly did not lend to them getting over the hump and getting into the top eight. It was it was not his best season by far. Now who knows what's going to happen here? Because, you know, the Cats are in a really unique opportunity and position this year because they have three first-round picks after a deal that they made with the uh, the Suns last year where I believe they traded a second-round pick for a first-round pick this year. And they also still have their own first-round pick as well as a first-round pick from the Eagles. So they've got picks 11, 13, and 16, I think along with numbers 33 and I believe 88, I think is their last pick that they have in the draft this year. Um you know, so the Cats have an opportunity to uh, to do any number of different things. You know, they've they've got they've got the opportunity to revitalize their list because I think the Cats would would not hesitate to recognize that you know while they weren't as old a team as Hawthorne was this year, they've still been relying very heavily on players that were on the wrong side of thirty, and. I still find that mind-boggling to say that when I'm staring 60 square in the face and thinking, gosh, you know what? You're 32. You're old. I have a hard time saying that as somebody that's at my age. So, you know, bear with me as I do that. You know, so they, they've got an opportunity to bring in some young players or to take those pieces and turn them into veterans to give them maybe one or two more shots at a preliminary final and hopefully making another grand final down the road. So it's going to be fascinating to see what the Cats do in the coming weeks. Hopefully their season doesn't end for a couple more weeks. There's the Cats supporter in me that's coming out there. I'll move on beyond that now. But uh, they're going to be very interesting to watch and see what happens with them because 
they could be a bit of a wild card here because they have so many picks that are that are high picks. Now they're not high high picks. They're not in the top five, so they're not necessarily getting the the absolute blue chip players. But they've got the things that can help you know bring in a veteran player if they need to do so. Okay, so you know one of the other names that uh, that might be moving to a new club is uh, is Brody Majacek. And uh, according to uh, an article that I ran across on SEN, uh, Terry Wallace had said that he thinks that Majacek could find himself either with one of three different teams, either with the D's, with the Bombers, or even the Bulldogs next year. And to me, watching Brody Majacek play, again, I'm... I love watching good footy, so I'm not I'm not a fan that sits there. And I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you've not heard this heard this from me before, I'm not somebody who sits there and watches the game and and boos a team and oh your team's horrible. I can't stand you. I I don't have that history. I don't have that in my DNA. I love watching good footy. I love watching great players play good footy. And while Brody Mycheck is not necessarily a great player. He's a very good player, and he's a bit of a mature player because he's already 27. But to me, he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife because he does everything pretty well. Not stupendous, not excellent, not outstanding, but he does he does what needs to be done. He's he's that guy that that the Pies could rely on to you know to take a mark, to to score a goal, to you know to to make a big tackle when needed. You know, something that not necessarily every player is going to be able to do. They don't necessarily have that in their skill set. So he can do all of those those types of things. And, you know, I'll be honest, I would love to have Brody Majacek play on my team. And I don't think there's a, a club out there that if they were given the opportunity, that they wouldn't want to have Brody Majacek playing in their Guernsey. I think he's a fantastic player. So, you know, I, I, I wonder where he's going to end up. You know, uh, there is talk about whether or not uh, he's going to be able to fit in the salary cap with uh, with the Pies this year. Um, they've got several players that they need to get re-signed, Jordan DeGoey being one of them. Um, and there was talk about whether or not Brody Grundy's contract was overpriced. Did they pay him too much? Is that taking too much of a chunk out of their salary cap that's going to prevent them from signing other players like Brody Majacek? We'll have to wait and see. Now, I ran across an article this week on ESPN.com.au, and it, the article is from, I believe, the third week in September. So it's a little dated in a way, but uh, they were having a little roundtable discussion or they're providing their opinions on whether or not the AFL should should keep or scrap the whole idea of free agency compensation. And two of the people thought that it was uh, something they should keep and two people thought it was something that should go away. And somebody made a really funny reference to KFC there because of the uh, the secret herbs and spices, those being kind of the rules in terms of how the free agency compensation works in the AFL. Uh, you know, there was talk about how you have to figure out how to help the weaker clubs because when they lose free agents, if they don't get some sort of a compensation back for them, they're still required to pay some sort of a salary floor. You know, they have to pay a minimum salary to their players. But if they don't have a talented list, why would you want to over overpay a player who may not be worth the amount of money that you're going to have to pay them just to meet that floor. So if this was to allow you to bring in better talent, then meeting that salary floor might be a little bit more palatable because you're going to get a little bit more bang for your buck from the talent level of, of maybe that player that came in as compensation. Uh, in the article, Matt Walsh talked about how he thought it was important to get rid of the idea. He said it's it's convoluted, and he said it, it often rewards clubs with picks that are way too high in the draft. 
you know, that you've lost a player, but it, it, it rewards you then with, you know, a top five or a top 10 pick, which is beyond maybe what the talent level of that player happened to be. And, you know, I, I, I still find this fascinating. I'm still trying to wrap my head around how the compensation system works. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the, how the draft works, how some teams can go up and get a player, you know, because of the, the father son legacy, that type of thing and bring players in. I'm still learning about those kinds of things. I don't have that mastered at all. I'm trying. I'm I'm reading up on it. I'm anticipating, you know, looking at the draft when it happens here in a couple of months. But it reminded me a little bit of what goes on in the NFL. And for those of you who are NFL fans, and I'm actually going to reference the NFL a couple times in this episode, um, each year they basically add an additional round to the NFL draft. There are seven rounds in the draft right now, and there used to be, I think 16 or 17 rounds back in the 1960s and 70s, and they cut it back down to 12 rounds. Now it's cut down to seven rounds, but they add 32 additional picks, one for you know basically one for each team. So it's basically an extra round. So you basically have an eight-round draft here. And what happens is that these picks go at the end of rounds three through seven, and these are there to compensate teams who have had a net loss of free agents. So if they had four free agents that left and joined another team and they signed maybe one free agent of their own, they might be in line to earn three compensatory picks to allow them to draft players to fill, possibly fill those holes on their roster. And the, the where it's located on the, uh, the draft board in terms of where the picks go, it's based upon the dollar value of the contract that that player signed, the one that left your club. Let's say, for example, uh, Tom Brady left New England and signed with Tampa Bay, and which he did. And uh, Tampa Bay paid him a huge amount of money to come play quarterback there. New England next year will very likely get a third-round compensation pick in the 2021 draft to compensate them and maybe they actually got it in the 2020 draft i could be wrong on that it may be the 2020 draft in which they've got this so maybe they already have the pick for having lost tom brady because if i'm not mistaken free agency actually does happen before the draft so they may have assigned those picks beforehand okay so they they gave they gave new england or they will be giving new england i think it has already occurred the more i think about it giving them a pick to help compensate for having lost that player Okay, and New England tends to has always tended to get a lot of compensatory picks when Bill Belichick has been the head coach because they'll they have you know with their system they were able to find a lot of players who were plug and play and they could go do things. Oh, you want to go play somewhere else now? Sure, we'll find somebody else who can do your job. We'll get a fourth round pick or a third round pick for you because you left. So you know I don't know if the AFL should get rid of free agency compensation. You know the arguments there about you know wanting to ensure that the the teams that are weaker don't stay weaker because they're not allowed to bring something back in return. Now, some, one of the other people in that argument said, well, then they just have to go out and sign another player. But if you're a, uh, if you're a, uh, a player who is a free agent and you've got an opportunity to go to a, a, you know, a club, you want to go to a club that's got a chance at, at possibly making finals, don't you? Now, sure, as we mentioned before, the, uh, you've got that, that salary floor, so you might be able to go to a club that's a weaker club and they might overpay you to bring you in because they need to pay some money to bring somebody in. So you may be somebody who is a $500,000 a year player 
that you might be able to go to a lesser club and get signed for $650,000 because they have to meet that floor. And then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and decide, do I want to go somewhere where I have a, a better chance of winning? Or do I want to go somewhere where I'm going to have a little bit more financial security down the road? And again, that's, that's an argument that I don't know how you go about answering it or how you go about resolving it. I think that's dependent upon the different player. Okay. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention about the NFL before I, I go on, um, something wonderful happened in the NFL this weekend. Okay. And there been, you know, there were some horrible things that happened. The Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, uh, had a serious leg injury and he's already undergone surgery. And I don't even know whether it was an ankle or if it was a, you know, broken leg bone, which is going to lead me to what I'm going to talk about here in a moment. But it was really sad to see him get injured. Now, back in 2018, Alex Smith, who was at that time the starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins, which is no longer in existence. They are now the Washington football team because the the league has kind of compelled the team to drop that name and come up with something different, which they'll, I guess, do next year. Uh, he was injured in a game against the Houston Texans, and he suffered a gruesome, horrible-looking compound fracture of his tibia and fibula. And it was, you know, to where it was, it was horrific to look at. Okay, and uh, you know I've I've seen the video clip of it. It's not something I ever want to watch again, but I had I saw what happened, and you know it reminded me of something that I'm going to mention here in a moment. But over the last two years, he's undergone 17 different surgeries. He's battled serious infections in his leg and through his bloodstream and such that that almost led to his leg being amputated, and he's battled back and he's gotten himself healthy and he's gotten himself into football shape. And at the time he was injured, he was one of the best running quarterbacks in the game in the last decade. He, he ran very well as a ball carrier, not just as a quarterback. And uh, what was really neat was this past weekend, he was added to the active roster for the Washington football team in their game against the Rams. And he actually ended up getting into the game because their, their starting quarterback, who was starting his first game of the year, Kyle Allen, got hurt. And Alex Smith came in and replaced him. Now, he completed his first pass, took him out a scoring drive before halftime, finished out the game. Now, they, they lost by a pretty significant margin, but it was fantastic to see him back there doing what he loved after such a, a hellacious battle that he went through. And it reminded me so much of what Tim Broomhead went through over the last couple of years when he had his tib-fib fracture, when he hit his leg on the, uh, on the goalpost. And it was great to see... Tim Broomhead get back into a game and get back into the 22 with the Magpies this year. Now, is he going to have a future with the club? I don't know. He was a pretty decent player before he got hurt. He wasn't he wasn't an outstanding player, but he was a pretty decent player. But it was great to see him get back out there and fight back to reclaim his career. Now, maybe maybe his career ends up going elsewhere. Who knows? Maybe that was his swan song. Maybe that's going to be his last game in the AFL. I have no idea. I haven't seen what the Magpies are going to be doing with their list, if they're going to be dropping him from the list or not. But it was great to see Broomhead back out there, and it was great to see Alex Smith back out there. And I wish both of them the best of luck as they go forward and continue their careers in good health. I, I It was great to see that. Now, I wanted to get into the uh, the games from this past weekend before I get into the the my tips for this weekend. And, you know, the uh, the first week of finals was, it was a great weekend. And, 
you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about it was the greatest first week, first round of finals in many, many years. You know, you had some very close contests. All four of them were close, even though the scoreboard looked a little bit different in a couple of the games. They were still very close games. You know, on Friday night, you know, the Tigers, they brought back uh, Tom Lynch into the lineup off of his hamstring injury. And along with, with his two goals, five, Shea Bolton and Shane Edwards combined for five goals and uh, helped to defeat the Saints. You know, and the Saints, defensively, they really struggled. They didn't have Jake Carlisle on the lineup with him. They'd lost Ben Long to a suspension. Patty Ryder was out with his injury, which was really sad to see that. Yeah, and you know, so the Saints were behind the eight ball as far as just health and putting healthy bodies out there and bodies that were going to be able to contribute. And, you know, I don't think any of us can begrudge the decision that Jake Carlisle made. He went home to be there for the birth of his child. I, I don't think any of us could say, well, that was a poor decision on his part. You do what you have to do, and that's something that you had to do. This was like taking a sick day at work. Okay. Unfortunately, it happened to be on a day in which they were playing a game. Okay. You know, the Saints had a fantastic year this year. They got into the finals for the first year in a number of years. They maybe exceeded people's expectations, but I think this is going to be something where they're going to be able to use that as a springboard going into 2021. I expect to see them in finals again next year. I really do. And, you know, you look at that game, though, you had, uh, you know, Tom Lynch and Trent Cotchin both escaped serious scrutiny from the match review board. You know, Lynch, he got fined uh, $750 for trying to use his knee to help Dougal Howard get some pesky earwax out of his right ear. Um, and after that that tackle that Trent Cotchin made, you know, I, I was convinced, and I, and I posted on Twitter during the course of the game, you know, do you think that Trent Cotchin might find himself in hot water and possibly facing a suspension? And several people sent me notes on Twitter, and you can find those if you look at my Twitter feed. Several people sent back notes saying, you know, Trent Cotchin is a protected species and that he wouldn't be penalized for that unique sling tackle that he put on Zach Jones. You know, it looked to me like he kind of tackled him by his neck. And, you know, I, I, I think with, you know, all of the sling tackle penalties that have been out there, you know, uh, they've been trying to clamp down on that. And, again, to my to my eyes, which are kind of the new-to-the-game eyes, I, I surely thought it was something that was going to cost him a game. And, and I'm, I'm looking back at the 2019 uh, semifinal game where Tom Hawkins threw a little bit of an elbow and ended up missing the preliminary final the next week. I think if you put those two things side by side, I don't know, was Hawkins' elbow worse than the, the sling tackle from Trent Cotchin? I don't know, you tell me. I, I don't think it was, but... Uh, the match review board decided that it that it that it wasn't as bad, so they decided not to charge uh, Kachin, and you know I I it looked like a dangerous tackle to me, and I know that the game has been uh, legislated out a lot of the violence, but you know I think if you're going to go to a chiropractor, you're probably going to seek a professional one rather than having a neck adjustment done during the middle of a game. Now. Looking at the second game on Saturday night or Saturday morning for myself, you know, this is, this is a game that, again, I tipped the Cats. I, I got both games right this weekend. But, you know, I think like everybody, I, I thought it was going to be a much smaller margin. I thought I, I said it was going to be eight points, maybe ten points difference. And Geelong came in, and, and they turned into performance that, that, quite frankly, it reminded me, and I'm going to get a little abstract here, it reminded me of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the original Terminator film. They were methodical. They were merciless. 
there was really no nonsense. Now there was, you know, jovial activity after a goal was scored, but they seemed to be, dare I say, goal oriented. Bad pun, I know. Insert your own uh, little drum roll there, um, or rim shot. The Cats they beat them by sixty eight points, and I and I think it's safe to say that the game probably wasn't even as close as that, because the Pies put several goals on the scoreboard late in the contest. I think they kicked five goals in the uh, in the uh, no four goals in the fourth period. They kicked four goals in the fourth period, and you know this was a game that, like I said, I, I it reminded me of the Terminator. And uh, now, granted, it's good that we didn't see any of them running around naked like Tom or like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger at the bidding at Terminator because that would that wouldn't go over very well on television. Uh, you know, you had Tom Hawkins and Patty Dangerfield who you know found himself you know playing forward for most, most of the game. Both kicked four goals, and you had seven other cats that found the the center of the sticks as well. So, you know, it's uh, it was a great team performance, and they relied on their two. They're two veterans. You could argue they're two superstars, if you will, to uh, to to pace the club, to lead the club in this game. And you know, and I, I saw a lot of discussion online this week that you know that folks were saying that the Pies had played their version of the grand final the week before, where they went out to, out to Optus Stadium and they knocked off the Eagles. And that was a great win for them. It was a fantastic win. I got the, I think I got that one wrong as well. Um, but you know. Maybe they were tired, but it wasn't like the cats were just sitting around in the hub waiting for them to show up for the next round. I mean, they were they were busy down in Port Adelaide trying to figure out, uh, you know, where their goal kicking abilities had disappeared to, and and Port Adelaide, you know, thumped them. That was a, a, a you know zero five, you know, uh, performance for Tom Hawkins, and you know he he turned that around and kicked four goals this past week. Yeah, and and it's not, it's not to take anything away from Port Adelaide because they played a fantastic game, you know. It was uh. It's been a it's been a really rough year for every club being in the hub as long as they have. Okay, I saw something earlier this week, or maybe it was even yesterday, where they they had teams that were celebrating a hundred days in the hub. And I'm using that term loosely as far as celebrating. It's not, I think there was a cake that I saw. Like, hey, we've been in the hub for a hundred days. Yeah, I understand that that can't be a whole lot of fun. Sure, it's going to bring your team closer together, other or you're not going to like each other because you've been around each other the whole time. But you know, it's uh, it's wondering. I'm wondering whether or not you know we're making too many excuses for the Magpies, or were the Cats just that much better? I don't know. Were the Magpies that worn out? You know, or were the Cats just the superior team that game? I I don't know the answer to that. I mean. One struggled, one played pretty well, one's moving on, and one is not. You know, so I, I wonder what you think about it. It's you know, the pies have a lot to do um going into next year. As I, I think Jaden Stevenson, I believe, did resign today. I think that's one of the names that I, I ran across that he signed a new contract. So they've still got Dagoe and Maya check that they need to get under contract. Um again, they're still talking about Dagoe going somewhere else as well. Who knows? Uh, because he's wanting a significantly large chunk of change out of their salary cap and if it gets reduced by a significant amount they may not be able to afford to keep him or pay him what he wants now before i get into my tips for this week i wanted to mention a couple of things again first off my youtube channel uh i do have that up to date uh the previous 52 episodes are there this one will go up there as well uh you can find it if you search my name craig wessels it'll have the little logo for my podcast there at the top 
Again, you'll still be able to find my podcast at all of the regular podcast hosting sites where it is now, but this just gives another avenue to listeners. So if you're somebody who uh, uses YouTube quite a bit, you may want to consider subscribing to that and listening to it there. If that's the avenue you would like to take, I'd love for you to subscribe. I'd love for you to share it with your YouTube using friends that maybe don't listen to podcasts. They could check it out from that vantage point. Um, And I might be able to put some other things on there as well uh, as we go forward here, maybe some video. But again, you know, when I do a video, it's going to be my face. So that's not necessarily a win-win for anybody there. And secondly, I wanted to let you know that I am going to be very soon introducing some merchandise from a yank on the footy. I, uh, I'd come up with some, some ideas for some graphics and I, I petitioned one of my students, a young lady who's a senior in high school this year, who's a fantastic artist, a graphic artist. She's planning on studying fashion design so she's already very creative and she does a lot of graphic design stuff already i had her in my government class last year uh she's been involved in the model un organization that i was that i ran for 25 years she's been involved in that since she was in the sixth grade so she's been involved in that for seven years so i reached out to her and i asked her if she would create a couple designs for me she actually created i believe four different ones and we're still making a couple of adjustments on a couple of them but they look fantastic. I can't wait to share a couple of them with you initially. I'm just looking for the best place uh, to put these out there. So, you know, if you're if you're interested in, uh, you know, putting a, a sticker from a yank on the footy on your computer or a, as a bumper sticker on your car or a T-shirt or something of that nature to, you know, to, uh, to let people know that, that you listen to some crazy American guy talk about Australian rules football, that stuff will be out there in the very near future. And maybe you've got a, you know, maybe you got a family member that listens as well. You could get them a great Christmas present. But, but when I have some more information on that, I will let you know, and I'll, I'll post some links in the show notes as well. I, I don't have my own regular web page up and running at this point in time, so the links will end up showing up in the show notes, or I'll talk about them in an episode and, and kind of give you an idea where to go if that ends up being something that you would be interested in doing. So I did, uh, I did. Uh, compensate her with uh, a a nice gift card to Starbucks. Um, I checked with her her mother, who's a teacher in a, in a nearby district, and said, "Hey, this has gone on. I'm, I'm you know I'm going to be giving her this uh, thank you note and this card. I just wanted to make you aware of it." And I got a great note back from mom as well. Um, but she's done some great work, and I've got some other ideas going on in my head that I'm I'm hoping to see if she'll be willing to work on those as well. Of course, I have a niece whose uh, fiance is also a, uh, a graphic designer by trade. So maybe I can even get him to do some things for me as well when he has some free time. So IB, I want to thank you for your hard work on creating these images. I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to mention your name, but uh, you did it. You did a great job. I can't be any more happy than what you did with this. So thank you so very much. So I want to get into the tips for this week. And we've got first off Brisbane and Geelong. And I'm doing these backwards, I know. But uh, I've got Geelong winning this one by eight points, which is, I think, the same uh, margin I had last week with with Collingwood. And I don't think this is going to be a 62-point game either way. Now, the Lions, they won a huge victory a couple weeks ago over Richmond in the opening round. And they've had a chance to rest up and get healthy and, quite frankly, get ready to defend the GABA one more time with the hopes of playing the grand final on their home ground. I'm thinking it's not going to happen this year. 
I think that the Cats might have just found the proper formula for the next couple of games by playing Patty uh, Dangerfield down forward, bringing in some of these younger, speedier midfield. Well, then again, Dangerfield's fast, but some of these younger midfielders that are that have freed him up to go forward to allow him to attack the goal, and it's going to you know hopefully cause a conundrum for the Lions defenders because you, you're going to have to f- figure out how to defend Tom Hawkins if he's kicking straight. And you're going to have Brian Myers and Gary Rowan and possibly even Luke Dahlhouse slashing through there along with Patty Dangerfield. And it's going to open up opportunities then for the seemingly resurgent Reese Stanley to possibly kick a goal or two as well. So, you know, the Cats have, have, have found a lot of weapons that they've been able to utilize. And, and we'll see if this ends up what they end up doing. Maybe they put Dangerfield back in the midfield, but I... It, if it's working, do you fix it? I don't know. But I think this is going to be an opportunity for the Cats to make one last push to get the little master to a grand final before he steps away. And I think that they're going to find a way to get that done. Okay. The thing is, between these two teams, they're a combined 14-0 and at the GABA this year. The Cats are 4-0 and and Brisbane is 10-0. and So something's going to have to give. One of those teams is going to drop a game at the GABA this year this weekend, and I I think it's going to be Brisbane that drops the game this week. Now, the second game this weekend, which is actually the first game, Port Adelaide and Richmond, and I've got the power winning this one by 10 points. And this is the week where I think Richmond's good fortune runs out. They they started out the year decimated by injuries. They, They battled back. Even if you're not a Richmond fan, if you go back and you look at the, uh, the ladder in round four, round five, and you see where Richmond was. And I think most of us were guilty about it. Most are guilty of it. We were sitting there thinking to ourselves, hey, Richmond may not, may not make finals this year. Wrong. They, they persevered. They battled back. They climbed back up the ladder, getting all the way up to the third spot. You know, they, they've got some new stars coming in. Shea Bolton has become a star right in front of our eyes. He's a fun player to watch. A ton of speed. You know, Dusty Martin is, is he's, he's still Dusty Martin. He's a dominant player. He's somebody that you cannot not pay attention to. You have to know where he is all the time on the grounds. But he hasn't had to be the focus of the offense. He's still getting a lot of a lot of disposals, but he hasn't had to be the, the, the focus. He's been able to be a conduit through which the ball's getting to other people. And, you know, they've been able to find their scoring elsewhere now that, you know, Tom Lynch is back. And, and let's be honest, Richmond's ruck situation is is really suspect right now uh, with the injury that they had. And the power, they're going to be bringing probably two very quality rucks into the contests, okay? So they're going to be able to keep them rested, keep them fresh. And, get, you know, the hitouts they're gonna are going to work well for them. So I think this is going gonna, is gonna to play well into Port Adelaide's favor here. And it sounds as though Xavier Dersma is recovered from his concussion, which was an ugly one if you haven't seen that footage. That was a when he ran into uh, Mark... Calves. It was a ugly concussion that he had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, if he plays, that's going to bring a lot more speed and, of course, possibly invisible arrows to the Powers lineup. So, you know, I, I think Port Adelaide playing at home in front of their home crowd with, a, with an opportunity to go from first place on the ladder all the way to the grand final is going to happen. So I've got Port winning this one by 10 points, Okay. So what I'm saying is, I think we're going to have a rematch of that opening round finals game between Geelong and Port Adelaide. 
And I'll get to my tip on that next week. Of course, we have to wait to see how these games play out. So there's my tips for the semifinals. And we'll have to see how I uh, how well I do when uh, Saturday evening rolls around after the games are over. So as we're, we're heading into the finals, we're into the finals. We're almost done with the finals, quite frankly. I'd love to hear your thoughts, okay? My hope is that you'll take a moment, you'll consider taking a moment, and create a little audio file. Record something on your phone and send it to me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or DM, to, DM it to me at yank underscore on because I'd love to hear from you about your greatest finals memories. Maybe it was you sitting around the, uh, the television with your family members watching your team win the final for the first time in your lifetime. Maybe it was you at your first trip to the MCG when you went there for a grand final. Maybe it was when you got to laugh at your older brother who was at the game with you when he told you that Meatloaf was his favorite musician and Meatloaf was going to be performing at the grand final and you just got to stare at him. I'd love to hear your story. And I'd love to include this in a uh, in an upcoming episode which is probably going to happen after the final's done. So if you got a f- great final story, please consider giving a, you know, a, a 30, 45 second recording of that. Tell me about it. Maybe it's a minute. Tell me who you are, where you're from, which team you support, that sort of thing. And I'd love to get that on there for you. Okay. So again, you can reach me at yank on the footy at gmail.com, or you can DM it to me on Twitter at yank underscore on. Okay. Now, ladies and gents, don't forget if you're interested, I do have that mailing list on uh, linked on the uh, show notes. If you want to ensure that you get the episode sent to you as quickly as possible, as soon as the episode is posted, the first place that I uh, that I send out the podcast, other than the general, hey, it's been released, it's been posted now, is I put a link in an email and send it out to those those people who are sh- who are signed up on that email list. The and I've got a couple dozen people who are signed up right now, so. I, I love getting that out to them. I love getting feedback from them. So if you want to sign up on that, by all means, feel free to do so, okay? Also, if you've got an idea for a show a show topic or somebody who you think should come on as an interview guest, which we're going to be getting into a whole lot more interviews once the season wraps up and once, you know, after this next round, you know, we'll be talking about the draft and that sort of thing as well, but I'm going to definitely want to be talking to fans, to players, to other people involved in the periphery of the game to help learn a little bit more about it, to help maybe you get some background knowledge that maybe you didn't know about the game. Um, shoot me a DM on Twitter. Send me an email. I would love to hear from you with your show ideas. Maybe it's you. Maybe you have a friend who's involved in the game or you know your local club. I would love to talk to you. I, I've been compiling a list of several dozen people that I'm going to reach out to, and I haven't, uh, I haven't reached out to them yet, but that's going to start happening this weekend now that I am... Uh, getting ready to wrap up the the episodes that actually have the games being discussed because the games are just about done. So I would love to hear from you. And again, don't forget that you can find all the episodes of this podcast at a yankonthefooty.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. You can also find it on YouTube now at uh, the YouTube channel Craig Wessels. Now that you've listened, I would love it if you'd consider giving a review on Apple Podcasts. I got a Great review uh, a couple of weeks ago from someone. I truly appreciate it. It lets me know what I need to work on, what you think I'm doing well. Uh, lets the podcast host know what you think of the show, which then might get me a little bit more exposure. It might work in the analytics and say, hey, people are talking about this one. Let's bump it up here. Let's give it a little bit more exposure. Uh, and don't forget, you can, again, reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com and at yank underscore on on Twitter. 
You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. I'm using Elevation and Backplate. You can reach him at josephmcdade.com slash music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks for your hard work and your wonderful music. You can also find him on Spotify. And again, if you want to sign up for the mailing list, I would love for you to do that. Um, ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening. Because while we're fans of our game, of this game, we're fans of our club, we love this game. Okay? That's the game of footy. We love this game. And for those of you who are starting to watch the games here in the United States and Canada, well, first of all, the season's just about done. Both games this weekend are going to be on FS2 at 4.30 in the morning, on Friday morning and Saturday morning. And don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. By the way, I'll just give you a hint. That's one of the images that I have created for... Uh, some merchandise i have i have uh her making a little bit of adjustment because we have to put an n at the end of australia because it came out saying australia so it needs to be australian and ladies and gentlemen thank you so very much i truly appreciate you listening i i'm i'm still mind blown that that people are tuning in every week i thank you for that i really appreciate those of you who've reached out and sent me messages um corrected me where I needed to be corrected, giving me advice, giving me insight that I don't have. I really do appreciate that. I do ask that you consider sharing the podcast and the YouTube link with your friends and family. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 53 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget you can reach me at yank underscore on or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and I strongly encourage you and ask you to consider sharing the podcast and the YouTube channel with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. Again, thanks so much.